one of Beloved Book Podcast, Y'all We Read It. I'm your host, Maggie. And I'm also your host, Laura. And we teased this in our final thoughts episode in The Maze Runner, but you're right. We're back with another season. Could be season eight, could be season seven. I don't really know. It's nine. It's nine. I was so close. Is it? I don't remember. We'll figure it out for next episode. Will it blend? Is it season nine? But we are doing You by Caroline Kepnes, and um, I fucking love the You series. I have written about both season three and season four yeah. of the You series. Yeah, Maggie's very, very into it. So yeah, we were taking a little bit of a shift from our normal YA and just focusing on the A this season. It feels like the stars aligned because the fourth season came out February 9th on my birthday, mm-hmm. and the second half of the fourth season is like March 9th. And Caroline Kepneys is coming out with a new book in April. Yeah, so we're like, might as well talk about it. Yeah, it kind of seemed like um, God was telling us something. Yeah, and we actually did read this book previously for our friend Arthur's podcast, Two Cents Critic. Mm-hmm. Um, and now we're we're really doing the whole season. We're doing the whole season. I started book two today. It is I need a riot. to. I, mine, mine just kind of came in the mail today. And I'm I'm, I'm in, interested to see where it goes next. And these are 400 page books. So yeah. we're not going to waste any more time. No. And we are just going to get started. Yes. Um, and also, I'll be honest, these books could be way shorter. <laughs> they could. Just wait till we get to Rhode Island first. Oh, okay. So this story of you opens up at a bookstore and Joe Goldberg works there and he sees a girl inside the bookstore that he works in and he's enthralled with her immediately. Her name is Guinevere Beck as you probably know her from the hit Netflix show. He is having his internal monologue, making some weird comment to himself about how she must be a horny girl because she isn't wearing a bra. Yeah, he makes like, tries (laughs) to make small talk with her and ends up doing this like very weird like internet porn to like kindle as as to reading pipeline it's weird um not good small talk because he's like trying to flirt too and he just went to like a hundred and he doesn't even know her but she gives him the time of day and as boys know in boy world that means that girls are fucking obsessed with you um but how can she be obsessed with him because she's buying a book for a friend and not herself and that's that's a red flag in joe's book because he liked the book she picked out and now he's mad that it's not actually her reading it. Yeah, yeah. He, uh, she ends up buying like a Paula Fox book. Also, we learn a lot about different authors. Yeah, lots of, of lots of lots of media is is mentioned in this. And he decides I'm gonna put all my eggs in this basket and does what you know every normal sane boy does when courting a woman, which is follow her home after figuring out everything about her from the internet. And uh, then he watches her masturbate. And that's page 11, folks. So we're really just diving into this relationship that is one-sided. You know, fellas, you ever watch a girl masturbate and then also read through all of her writing on the internet and think, huh, this is a really bad writer and still want to fuck her? Yeah, because that's exactly what Joe does. And you might be wondering, wait, 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 they're in New York City. How is he watching her masturbate? Don't worry, everybody. Guinevere Beck just masturbates loudly with the windows open on her ground level apartment so Joe can easily watch from across the street. Oh, she beats her cat nonstop. And she's in this apartment building that's <laughs> meow. like... Meow. <laughs> meow. Claws out. Pussy Claws hat out. on. And she is in this kind of subsidized building that is provided to her through Brown University because she is getting an MFA in fiction there. And Joe kind of figures out that Beck might not really be for money. It seems like her dad started a taxi service in, like, New Jersey, and she's 
maybe I would say like middle class. Yeah, yeah. And uh, by page 14, he does end up watching her have full on sex with someone. So we're just getting all of it out of the way. Um, yes. We also learned that there's this girl, Candace, which was his like last obsession. Uh, and he had to play a, a trick of pretending to be like a, a record guy. And he ended up coming clean about it. And things didn't end well with that. Yeah, it seems like he just maybe disposed of something very sinister mm. with Candace's brother. But he did, I mean, honestly got her number in a very smart way, which was just pretend to be um, a booker and then befriended an assistant at, like, this record label and emailed her. Um, honestly, you have to find your ins. He's pretty smart. He's I gotta pretty, give it to him. Joe is savvy. That's a good word for him. Joe is savvy. Um, and Joe, being savvy, decides gonna get into Guinevere Beck's apartment to steal some things for my own joy. He fakes a gas leak uh, and pretends to be her boyfriend so the person investigating the gas leak lets her in so he it lets him in so he can just go in um, and steal some things from her. Yep. For his little trinket collection of her. He gets a little intel on her life and what it's like and on top of this he also is like, how am I going to facilitate an in real life bumpin'? So he goes to her Because <laughs> he's like, I can't be a booker. I did that last time. I can't be a booker. I, I've snuck into her apartment. Everything's, we're already That's zero to a hundred. so funny. So he goes to a reading of her, one of her essays. And like this poor girl, as if Joe already doesn't consider her a bad writer, he overhears her friends Lynn and Chana, who both hate her writing and also hate her uh, uh just kind of affinity with her ex benji um her friends are shit talking to no end they're shitting on beck for being talentless not a good writer saying thank god her <laughs> other friend pearl isn't here like just being very yeah mean. oh man but it's like if her writing is actually bad can you blame her friends Oh, no. I think they're just keeping it real. It's, they are. It's very funny, though. So she reads this story about these cowboys she wrote. She goes off stage, and her friends are like, wow, I didn't realize that you knew so much about cowboys. And she's like, I don't. And starts having a panic attack and drinking really hard until it's like 3 a.m. and yeah. she has to leave. Yeah, because she's also really stressed that Benji isn't there because she's obsessed with this guy that doesn't actually love her. Um, so drunk Beck is going home on the subway as one does. And Joe, of course, followed her there. And Beck is so drunk that she straight up falls into the train tracks. Um, and Joe, savior of us all, has to go and rescue her. Yep. So he gets her out of the train tracks. They go in the taxi back to her place. And she's like, uh-oh. Uh, I kind of remember you from a bookstore that I went to. And yeah. it's only after, like, guessing a while and he he diverts the situation so well. He's like, I work at a bar. And it's just bad news bears because Benji, tragic name, comes <laughs> to show up. And he's like, oh, thanks, man. Am I right? I mean, that's just Greenpoint. But Joe does steal Beck's phone. Yes, that's an important part of the plot that we will divulge into soon. Because before we get to more of the plot... We got to do a flashback and introduce the book cage famed in the TV show. <laughs> yes. Uh, we learn that Joe has worked in this bookstore for literally forever. It, it was Mr. Mooney's bookstore. It still is. He just kind of runs it now. Mm -hmm. um, and Mr. Mooney put a book cage in the basement to restore old books. Um, and he locked Joe in the cage once because uh, a, an old fancy book got stolen. And you might have a question at this point, like, freeze fame. Does Joe have family? 
Joe's family, if he did have them, would not know that he exists because Mr. Mooney shut him in the basement cage for three days on September 10th, 2011, or 2001, no, 2001, yes. 2001, yes. And wow, that sucked. I had such a brain fart there. Um, so his dad thinks he died. He died in 9-11. It's my but favorite like, plot. Wouldn't Joe be able to like get out and be like, no, I didn't. It's been a couple days after 9-11. Yeah, we well, still don't know. It, it never resolved. Like, it seems like he has daddy issues that then just kind of unfolded with Mr. Mooney as his caregiver. But I don't really think we ever get yeah. that besides some surface level. He came from an unhappy family. Yeah. Um. So now jo- Joe has Beck's phone and he is checking updates on it constantly. He's reading her emails that she's sending. He's reading the emails that she's getting, looking through her social media, all, all normal things. You know, normal things that you get because he's managed to ha- hack into her um, email account and also she gave him her email when riding home with him in the taxi yeah and so he emails her like can we get drinks and she's like uh it doesn't doesn't respond for eight days despite the fact that he can see her emailing other people so he's yeah. like really freaking out yeah but Beck does come to the bookstore to give Joe a gift for saving her um, but Bex really doesn't want to go on a date with him. No, 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 no. Um, they do exchange a little email about potentially meeting up, but all of that completely, like, goes away once, because whenever Benji comes back into her life, she's just, She's like, just hook-lined and sinkered. She cancels the meetup with Joe, and Joe is like, this is really bad. And what Beck doesn't know is that Joe is, like, setting his eye line on Benji. He's like, I gotta get rid of the problem. So he schedules a tour of Benji's brewery, uh, sneaks into Benji's boss's room, gets his email, and poses as a vulture critic. Like, yeah, the, uh, very well-known New York magazine. And emails Benji to come meet him at Mr. Mooney's bookstore for an interview. And Benji doesn't even Google, like, the LinkedIn for the guy he's pretending to be. Nope. I think Joe makes some lie about how there's, like, a cafe in the basement or something. Um, and Joe ends up putting Benji in the book cage. Oh, yeah. He gives him a Zanny water. He yeah. He gives him a Xanax and some water. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's a whole mess. Benji obviously isn't happy. Benji, not a good person. But does he deserve to be locked in the book cage? Up for debate. Probably not. I really do love Joe's ethics of going about this, though. He carries him downstairs, tweets a photo of a hot woman that Benji is obsessed with from his phone. So Beck might see this and maybe drop Benji because we got to pull this. We got to pull those big cards out. Yeah. And this is also weird because uh, Joe, Joe wants people to learn things when they're in captivity of his. And he like asks the people he locks in the bookcage, like what their five favorite books are and then gives them to them to read. And then he'll quiz them on them. And Joe gets pissed because Benji lies about his five favorite books. And he's like, I never even read this one. And Joe's, Joe's just pissed. Joe's not having a great day. There's a Stephen King book event happening. Um, <laughs> he is he is pissed at the Stephen King event at his bookstore. But he finesses an email from Benji's email to Beck. Essentially, uh, like, goodbye. He takes $2,000 out of Benji's account um, and says that he is going on a bender and is like, see you later, kiddo, to Beck. So yeah. if someone called me kiddo who had been inside of me, I would, I would probably never talk yeah, to him. Yeah, I would probably die from just embarrassment yeah and Benji's trying to piece together that this is about Beck he's like 
I recognize you from the cab, Joe. Do you want Beck? Because you can just kind of Yeah, because Benji does not care about Beck. And I think that's the saddest thing is that, like, Joe is putting in all of this effort because Benji has what he wants, even though Benji doesn't really want it. <laughs> no, Benji does not give a flying no. fuck about so Beck. So Benji's like, yeah, like, let me know what I need to do. Uh, I'll, I'll, you, you can have her. I'll leave. Which, Once Joe gets people in the cage, they're so agreeable. Right? I mean, <laughs> what I would, I would be. You gotta. You gotta survive. Um, so, but now that Benji's out of the picture, Becca is willing to go on a date with Joe. And he's putting on the schmooze. But he does make a falter here. And he accidentally brings up Pitch Perfect which he knows that Beck watches all the time from stalking her. So he has to freeze frame and he's like, I saw it on your Facebook, even though we're not friends. I saw it on your Facebook because that's what people do. You Google someone before you go on a date with them. It's a pretty devastating delivery too, because he essentially is like, you just kind of look like the girl who would like Pitch Perfect and eviscerates Beck on the spot. Yeah. And when he gets back from uh, this date, he decides to do another test to good old Benji in the basement. Because Benji has a club soda company, so he gives him like three different cups of club soda and tells uh, Joe tells him saying, "Hey, tell me which one's your like luxury club soda." Uh, and uh, the Benji's freaking out because they all taste the same. Um, Benji technically is right though, and none of them are home soda. And Joe is mad because Beg is. Once again, emailing someone from class about essays and not the homies about what a god Joe is. Because he just came off this date thinking that it was perfect. He at, at one point admits he's like, oh, it, she wants me so bad right now. It must have been so hard for her not to fuck me. Yeah, <laughs> Joe Joe really thinks highly of himself, which is shocking for a guy who makes minimum wage in a bookstore. <laughs> he, I mean, he's got a, he's a narcissist. He's got a god yeah. complex. Oh, 100%. Um, but he, we do get a little backstory here about one of his old coworkers, Sarah, that he hated, uh, because he compares Sarah to Peach Salinger, who is Beck's friend from college, Mm -hmm. who is a descendant of J.D. Salinger, author of Catcher in the Rye. And we get a little bit of an intro before of how Beck's friends think of Peach, and then we really get to know her at this party at her house that Beck brings Joe to, And Peach is kind of bitchy. Beck apologizes because she's like, I'm sorry she's bitchy. She's just nervous. And Joe's like, I'm kind of afraid that your friends uh, don't like me. And I would be too because her house is $24 million. Yeah, it's a lot. Um, But but Joe's trying to put on good boy boy looks. And he ends up bonding with Peach over a Woody Allen movie. Uh, And it ends up turning uh, not good very quick. It just turns into a weird pretentious fight between the two of them rather than a bonding moment. And he kind of saves it by toasting her. Yeah. Um, I do love, since we know that Joe's a bad guy and Peach is just kind of a bitch, I do love that Peach will just do the really petty jabs of being like, Oh my god, yeah. Oh, you poor thing. Uh, You must have had such a hard time just reading books being a public school kid. Yeah, she'll be like, Oh my god, that's so right up your alley since, you know, you're poor. Like, essentially. Like, Oh, you would be interested in that. Oh, she's such it's, a cunt. I it's, love it. Oh, it's hilarious. It's She's a well-written cunt, and we love that. Oh, for sure. Um, But Beck does kiss Joe at this party, and Joe's like, oh, yeah, she wants to bone. Um, And then immediately sees an email that she sent her friends telling uh, them that Joe is way too intense and that she really misses Benji. So Joe is now pissed. 
He's really pissed. She is also admitting that she's like, I need to get an Ikea bed to her um, friends. Like, do you think that I could maybe get Joe to, like, come to Ikea with me and get this bed? And so she asked Joe, and he's like, okay, it's a day date. Like, I feel like I'm being demoted. But yeah. he agrees, because he's like, maybe I can have my cute 500 days of summer moment with her. Um, they take the ferry there. She kind of opens up about her family, says mm. both her parents are dead. They're sitting close. Um, and the whole energy kind of shifts when they're at Ikea and he is telling her that he really likes her whole energy and really likes her and she's starting to feel safe with him. Yeah. And Joe like immediately thinks he's been promoted to boyfriend off of this whole situation. Uh, so big, big yikes. Uh, we also get this, uh, like a ladle story because she really wants a ladle and it's a story about how her dad used to make, you know, pancakes. Uh, and Joe's mad because it's not a sexy story. <laughs> it's not a sexy story. And also he's mad because earlier on Benji was like, oh, that ladle, I used to spank her with it. And Joe was like, oh, she hasn't even mentioned the S word to me yet. <laughs> but they do end up hooking up at Beck's house. They don't do sex sex, but they're like making out um, mm-hmm. at her apartment after they get this whole new new bed situation. But Peach interrupts. Uh, because um, she's she's in turmoil. Peach is definitely like a hypochondriac. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, Beck, since Peach is rich, will do anything for Peach because Beck really wants to be rich. Yeah. Um, so she gets Joe to, you know, build the bed and then go get food for Peach while, you know, Beck just consoles her, which is honestly whipped. That's so funny. I know. I would be like, do I even want to fuck this guy if he's doing this for me? Yeah. Um. Sorry. It's a, a, a mental illness. So he comes back and brings the food and he's just like so annoyed. He's like, you know what? I got to take all my frustrations out on my little boy in his cage. So he goes back to tend to Benji, and by tend to Benji, I mean kill him with a peanut allergy. Yeah, yeah, and he was really, like, being like, I'm gonna leave it up to Benji if he told me the truth or not by giving him peanut oil. If he died, he was telling the truth, and if not, he was lying. Hey, you know what? I still have empathy for Joe at this point, because sometimes when my ex would piss me off, I was just like, it would be so easy. It would just be so easy to kill him. Maggie. Anyway, so he he orders a... um, Cremation kit. Cremation kit off of Amazon. Apparently you can get those. This is a sponsored ad. And he brings... (laughs) you want to sponsor us at Cremation Kits? (laughs) I want Cremation Kit, Four Loco, and Domino's to sponsor me. Honestly, that's the holy trinity of sponsors. (laughs) So he brings Benji's ashes to this lockbox that Benji has that's just full of shit that Benji has stolen yeah. from different places and just like lays his ashes to rest in his own storage garage, which I thought was really Yeah, funny. like that's so disrespectful. That's hilarious. He also takes a hat, just a hat for just good Just a hat, you know, just, you know, for another disguise that he needs. Um, After this though, Beck starts avoiding Joe at all costs. She's really wrapped up in Peach. Um, yeah. Yeah. They start, Peach and her, though, do eventually start fighting after her kind of, like, avoiding Joe for two weeks. And Joe is like, thank God. Because he's been watching from the sidelines. He has her phone. Yeah. He's thinking she's going to start coming back to him if her and Peach are fighting. And she does. But she really just starts to use Joe to just complain about Peach, which is not what he wanted. So he does get her a horse-drawn carriage Mm -hmm. uh, and makes it so that Beck really wants to bone him. 
Yeah, it's like kind of hot. They go to Central Park. He's fingering her on the carriage. Oh my which god, like, I forgot okay. about that. Sorry, young adult read- listeners. Uh oh. Um, it's sexy season because Megan needs sexy season. Yeah. And they go to the restaurant. They're still kind of handsy, and the doorman interrupts everything to be like, "Peach called. There's an emergency." Someone broke into her house, and Joe's like, okay, well, when I broke into her house, I didn't think it was going to be this much of a fuss. Because he did actually break into her house, but Beck leaves this date. She goes to Peach's rescue because Beck will do anything so that Peach is happy. Yep, and Joe kind of just tags along, but she's only focusing on Beck, so Joe's like, I'll, I'll see if the apartment, if it's clear, if everything's okay. And he finds a little box of hot photos of Beck that Peach has taken. Yeah, we find out that uh, Peach is obsessed with Beck as well. So something that him and Peach have in common, they should just bond over their obsession of Beck. He does what you do when you find hot photos and masturbates to them. In the stranger's room. It's very normal. Um, But now he's like, I gotta get Peach out of the picture. Peach is the new Benji. So he starts tracking her daily runs um, and starts getting really good at running. And um, ends up just attacking her one day by hitting her with a rock. And he's like, great, now that that's taken care of, someone will find her. She is dead. Oh, no, but Beck is all mine. No, 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 no. Peach is still alive. Yeah, she actually ends up in the hospital. And even worse, the gift, the get well better gift that Joe sent, which was just a happy face balloon. He gets his ass chewed out for it by Beck. She's yeah. Like, How are you going to send a happy face in a time And he's like, like I'm this? happy you're okay. And she's like, no, that's insensitive. She's like, two more weeks, no text. Uh, but before, uh, while this is all happening, Beck's in the doghouse. Sorry, Joe's in the doghouse. He starts seeing Beck emailing someone called the captain and how they're meeting up um, in like what, Maryland? Connecticut. Connecticut, basically the same. And Joe can't just stand idly by while she's sending emails to a captain. He's got to go to Connecticut too. So he borrows Mr. Mooney's car uh, and ends up following her to a Charles Dickens festival. Yeah, it's also pretty weird because, like, the emails, I mean, I kind of assumed the same. It was like, I got you your gift or your costume. Does it fit? And she was like, yes, dad. No, wait, I think the captain, you're right. Yeah. Weird. So he gets a costume to stalk this girl who he took a ferry out of town for, as you do. And he gets a beard. He follows her around the Charles Dickens Festival. And we realize her dad remarried to a lawyer and has two younger kids. And Beck kind of feels out of place here. Yeah, so that means her dad isn't dead, y'all. And she was lying about it. Um, But Joe's more concerned that Beck has actually seen him uh, meandering about stalking her. Mm -hmm. Uh, So he's not too focused on the fact that she was lying about this whole thing right now. No, on the ferry, he has a little run-in with the stepmom, and he's just, like, getting the fuck out of there. He is driving back to the city in Mr. Mooney's car really quick. She's calling him a lot. And he's like, oh, no, she saw me, she saw me, she saw me. Uh, But then Beck shows up at his apartment in full costume. Yeah, because Curtis, his co-worker, gave Beck Joe's address, which does, it seems like a breach of whatever. Yeah. HIPAA. Sure. <laughs> HIPAA violations from the bookstore. <laughs> so she's like, I'm sorry I called you so much. You must think I'm crazy. The truth is my dad is alive and I don't know why I hide it, but I went to this festival so he'd give me money to help me with college. Um, and then they end up making out and falling asleep, um, which would probably be sweet if Joe wasn't so awful. And also Beck wasn't so awful. <laughs> They're both really awful. And Joe is really stressed out because he has all of her shit in his apartment, like panties, 
uh, stuff he just stole that uh, yeah. he's kind of hoping she just doesn't find. Yeah, he's like hiding him around the next morning. Um, and then he immediately goes to the bookstore to fire Curtis for uh, telling him, uh, his uh, telling Beck his address. Yeah. Um, and Curtis is like, oh, come on, man. She was real hot, though. I bet you loved it. Yeah. So while he is out doing this, um, and also they still have not had sex yet. Yeah, and it is page 230 by this time, people, and they still haven't had sex in this 400-page book. So they're heading to Macy's, and she's, like, trying to return these pants, and he's like, nah, how about you try them on for me? Um, And that move works, because in the dressing room, they both go, and he gives her oral, which congratulations. Wait, you're still not getting any. For how much he's trying, he's still not getting any. He's putting in a lot of work. Like, he, (laughs) like, Beck, Beck is in charge. Beck is so in charge. Yeah. Um, but now that she's so worried about money, he, he's like, great, now that I made you come, how about you get a job at my bookstore? Um, and so that's a weird, um, uh, occurrence. Um, but Beck's like, yeah, I'll start working with you. And then he hires another person named Ethan so that him and Beck can go out on dates still. Yeah. And we kind of love Ethan because he's just horribly optimistic. He yeah. kind of reminds me of like Winnie the Pooh, if Winnie the Pooh was a person. Oh, yeah. And Ethan starts working with them. And eventually they set up Ethan with Beck's nemesis, Blythe, from her writing classes at Brown. And they start dating. And they're like, oh, maybe we could go on double dates. Maybe it could be cute. And they're, Joe and Bex get a, a dynamic going on very early. It, it's very a uh, sexy librarian, um, a, a boss and uh, receptionist sort of vibes with them. Because Bex always like, oh, no, mister, is this okay? And Joe loves it. Yeah, Beck is showing collarbone and she has to go home because um, she's out of dress code. To put on, and she puts on a sexy number, and she comes back in, and they fuck at work in the cage. And he comes immediately. He doesn't last long at all. It's embarrassing, and he knows he did bad. Oh, yeah. yeah. She goes home after this. They debrief, um, because she needs to take care of Peach once again. Yeah. And the next day, the sex is so bad, she texts Joe that she can't come into work. Yeah, and she starts avoiding him. It's that bad. It's so bad that she couldn't even face him afterwards. Yeah, so she's making plans with friends, but also Joe, he's he's getting so stressed out. Um, but he's also, there's at some point, um, not really sure where my notes are going on this one. Oh, he's getting, oh, so she's kind of keeping him on the line. And yeah. he's thinking that she's going to come back and he's getting excited. He's like, oh, she's going to come over because she's emailing me again. And then she bails at the last minute and he's like so upset. He breaks a vase. Yeah, he ends up seeing an, an email uh, she sends to her friend uh, that says she's gotten too invested too fast again. So we know this is a occur- reoccurring theme with Beck. Yeah. So Joel, at this point, he's just losing his Marble's mind. Marble's gone. I mean, his, his mind was already gone. Like, how can he already lose what was never there? That is true. Poetry. He's reading an email from Beck to someone saying she misses him, um, misses Joe in particular. So he's like, okay, maybe I'm on the come up. Like, he's putting he's putting a lot of stakes in Beck right no, now. No, no, no. She's going to go on vacation instead. Uh, and she goes goes to a, a vacation at a beach house with Peach to clear her head because everything's so confusing right now. Yeah. Meanwhile, while Joe is back in New York City, kind of tending to his own wounds, he's getting a haircut. He's just watching the emails go back and forth. And 
there is a distinct line between Chana and Lynn who are like, um, Beck, you should just talk to Joe. And then Peach, who is like, I, I think that we just need to get you out of the city, get you away from him. Yeah. Um, but then Curtis comes back into the picture. Curtis, the guy that Joe fired, he comes back to the store in a mask and fucks up Joe's eye because of course he does. Vengeance. Yeah. Damn, Curtis, okay. So Joe is like, you know what? I'm just gonna, my life is not going well. I'm just gonna hatch a little plan. And his plan is that he is just going to go up to Little Compton, Rhode Island, which is where Peach and Beck are on vacation, to kind of hang around. Like, I don't know if he was like, (laughs) I will get invited into their house if they see me outside of the house. Yeah, they'll coincidentally see me in Rhode Island and be like, come on in. So he goes up there, he borrows Mr. Mooney's car, immediately shit goes so south because he hits a deer, and it's just, like, bleeding. This plan is, like, the least thought out we've seen, Joe. Like, he's just like, oh, I'm just gonna go there, and it'll all work itself out. And it's like, how is he just gonna show up at Peaches? He just got the shit beaten out of him by an old <laughs> yeah, But who was in high school, by the way. Curtis is 17, y'all. I don't think we mentioned this. <gasps> he got beat the fuck up by a high school kid, and then he gets rammed in the ass by a deer in this car that isn't even his. That's the thing. He's so nervous people are gonna shame him for just graduating high school and not going to college. But if I learned that it was he got beat up by a high school kid. That's way like, more embarrassing. He's like, what, like 24, 25? Yeah, how old is Joe supposed to be? I'm not sure. I don't know. Get it together. So he gets hit by a deer, or no, he hits a deer, he's bleeding, and I don't know, we're just like, is he gonna hey, show We're up? just like, yep, the plan continues. So he watches, yep, it just, he keeps going. His car is fucked, he watches um, Peach through the window, <gasps> and is like, I have no plan what to do, and he crawls into the neighbor's boathouse and just sleeps there. This reminds me so much of, like, our, uh, like, our talk with uh, Kieran Scott, our last episode where we interviewed Kate Bryan, who is Kieran Scott, yeah. and she talks about when she writes these like crazy plots she'll write down like the 10 most insane things that could happen and then picks the craziest one that's what I feel like Carolyn Kepnes did during this scene <laughs> oh my god no for real so he falls asleep in the neighbor's boathouse and of he's course waking up by a cop who he's tr- the cop's just trying to suss out the situation and that's a good cop <laughs> <laughs> that's a good cop but in sussing out the situation he doesn't ID Joe he just takes him to the hospital. The hospital. And he's like, it's not weird that this guy's just sleeping in a boathouse in a, like, rich Rhode Island. I have to feel like if somebody broke and entered into even a boathouse in Richville, Rhode Island, yeah. a cop would be like, you're going to prison for 10 years. Exactly. This is like, this gives what I think the Hamptons would be. So yeah. I feel like they would not be. This chilled. has to be happening with Jason. So he gets stitches and the cop starts asking him questions, but he puts on the acting little repertoire. He starts crying. He's like, my mom died. And then the cop just stops. <laughs> Man, if it were that easy in real life. I know, seriously. To get cops to just be like, oh, okay, I'm done. And he just, he he's not deterred. He just gets <laughs> hey, folks, we got to remember the plan is to get to Peaches and figure out what's going on. So he goes back. He just goes back to Peaches' house. We have this whole runaround section and he just goes back. He just goes back to Peaches' house. The cop has like sewn him up he, and the cop brings him to the train station. And he's like, no, 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 I gotta yeah. go to Peaches. So he goes to Peaches, he finds a different boat shed to sleep Because there's more than one boat 
Snapchat, and that's very important. And he wakes up after two nights booked in the book boat shed Airbnb. <laughs> Okay, this is this is my time. It's go time. Yeah. It's go time. So he breaks into Peach's house because he hasn't charged his phone at this point either. He, he got the shit beat out of my coworkers. And was his phone still on at this point? I don't remember. No, it wasn't. Okay, also, it had to be dead at this it point. It has been snowing in Rhode Island, so it's also cold. So, but he's like, I don't need to eat food, nor do I need to use the bathroom. What I need to do is masturbate into Beck's leggings. Which I know exactly where they are in this house I've never been to before. So he's in this mansion and he hears them come back and he's upstairs and he's like, uh-oh. And Beck is crying because they're reading a message from Benji's parents about how Benji is presumed dead. Because his boat in Nantucket was crashed. Yeah, they also think he's been doing drugs, which is besides the point. Yeah. Um, Peach gives Beck a robe and, like, some tea to try to calm her down. And Joe is like, I am I did what I came here to do, which was masturbate in Beck's <laughs> <laughs> So I'm going to sneak down the Joe stairs. Joe all of this trouble just to jerk off into a pair of leggings. That's so funny. He ruined, he totaled a car. I think he probably killed a deer. He slept in two boathouses. and be like cool I'm out yeah but he can't be like he can't be too far he needs to watch Beck and Peach have an interaction so he he, <laughs> he jacks it and jacks off and nice <laughs> thank you that's a bumper sticker <laughs> and he's standing at the window as Peach is like giving Beck a massage trying to calm her down and it's like it's like it's like a sexy massage yeah she's like starting on her thighs and then working her way up and like at first Beck doesn't really seem not into it. It seems like maybe Beck Beck was like, this is a long time coming. But no, no, no. Beck comes too. She is not gay. Readers, we're she sorry. She's not gay. <laughs> and you probably thought she was a bi icon, but no. we, we do know. Beck has a come to Jesus moment and goes, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm not. I'm not gay. And maybe she was, but our beautiful straight butterfly was killed too early on in, in her journey to fly. Aw. So, um... Hey, we've all seen the Netflix show. It's not a spoiler. Yeah. So Peach snaps. She blames Beck, being like, this is why guys don't like you. And Beck cries and calls Chana to come get her. And Peach just stomps her little way down the beach. She's like, I got to run because I need to burn off my anger. Because Peach is so mad that uh, that, uh, Beck would dare reject her. Um, But Joe is also walking down the beach, uh, knowing that Peach will be there somehow. uh, And he admits that he drowned Candace after she tried to break up with him. So... Yeah, it just kind of floated her out to sea, too. And guess what? They are right by a sea. So I think Peach is kind of getting the idea. Yeah. Uh, she starts to- <laughs> I'm sorry. Like, what was his logic being like, oh, Peach, thank God you're here on this beach that I'm also on. I killed someone here. On a beach. Can you believe it? Yeah, speaking of beaches, like, oh, my God. So Peach starts running away and Joe grabs her and pushes her face head down in the sand. Ostrich edition. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You know, just stick their heads down into the, the ground. Uh, that is Peach now. Yeah. And she is like piecing together that he was the one that knocked her over the head when she was running. And she's like, you. And then she just kind of like lets him just kind of smother her until she's dead, which I kind of thought was like weird. 
I thought it was kind of terrifying. Yeah. Where she was just, like, so mad. And I was like, oh, is she actually going to die? Is she going to come back with, like, the most, the biggest revenge? Yeah. That's so true. I thought it was really, but that bitch dead. Yeah. So he emails back an email from Peach. She's got two phones now, people. He's got two phones. (laughs) He can talk as Peach to Beck and Beck to Peach. <laughs> uh, but yeah, he yeah, really can. He really can. He can just head full circle it. You know, when I was in middle school, my best friend across the street was really popular, and she was like, "You can make me a MySpace, and I could use it sometimes." And I was like, "Okay." So I made her a MySpace, and I put me in her top MySpace friends to hope that other people would want to hang out with me, and then I would interact with myself on my wall from her. Wow, kind of like that's that. that's working smarter, not harder. Exactly, social. Class- um, but he emails Beck uh, for, as Peach saying that uh, she's going to need some space and needs to take some distance and yada, yada, yada. Yeah. And then he throws Peach's phone in the water. As one does. Stuffs rocks into her pockets. Okay. How many pockets did she have? <laughs> if she's going to sink, like I'm picturing my girl ass coat from fucking Target. You could put like. Four rocks in it. That's the other thing, too. Once again, it snowed in Rhode Island. And then at one point, they wake up and all the snow melted. <gasps> so it's like running weather on the beach. <laughs> um, but he stuffs these rocks in her coat, floats her out to sea like she's Virginia Woolf. Yeah. Um, um, and after uh, the email that Beck gets from Peach, she calls Chana. Uh, and she's like, you know what? Peach always leaves me. And I feel better. Uh, I'm, I'm on cloud nine and I miss Joe. And Chana's like, yes, bitch, Peach sucks. So it's like, it's fine. No one cares. Yep. And he is driving home from Lil Compton when he forgets. Lil Compton. I think that's what it said in <laughs> yeah, the book. Yeah, that's really funny. Um, There is a vital thing that Joe forgot, which was he really needed to pee when he was in Peach's home. So he just found a cup upstairs and just... Let it whiz in a jar. Oh, hey, ladies. Don't you hate it when you leave your piss in a cup of the house that you weren't supposed to be in? We've all been there. (laughs) We've all been there. This is an ad for a cremation kit off of Amazon. (gasps) And here's it. Okay, and now what you're thinking, where is this story going to go next? Yeah. And it's to therapy. (laughs) Yes, finally. I think we're like 300 pages in now? Yeah. We're we're near the end somehow. We decided, okay, it's time to go to therapy. So there is this therapist that Beck has been seeing. His name is Dr. Nikki. And Beck isn't really emailing anyone for like two weeks. And that sucks for Joe because that's the only way he gets to know exactly what she's doing at all moments of the day. She's not texting anyone back. She's only going to therapy, not drinking, just writing. Boo. Boo. <laughs> I know. What is this? Little House on the Prairie? Yeah. Yikes. Um, like, at least check Instagram. <laughs> so he's like, fine, I'm going to start going to therapy, too. And so he also starts seeing Dr. Nikki. As one does. Um, and he actually starts really liking him. And uh, mm-hmm. Nikki's, like, indicating that he needs to stop obsessing over things, which is, like, a, a thing a good therapist would say. Um, and he's like, hey, you should start spreading yourself around more. Um, and Joe ends up meeting a, a different girl. He does. He meets Karen Minka, I think her last name I is. forget. And they flirt. And then they fuck on the train at like 4 a.m. Hot. Very um, hot. And this is, a, it's, a, it's a healthy situation. Joe isn't stalking her. Um, and she brings him coffee the next day. Uh, and they end up like dating for seven weeks. 
which yeah. is a long time. And Beck is still radio silent. And so you're like, oh, maybe he's moving on. But he's going to therapy and he's kind of realizing the only thing he likes about Karen is the fucking. Because she also really likes King of the Hill and he hates that. He really. Wait, no, it might not have been King of the Hill. I think it was the one with um Paul Blart Mall Cop. Oh, King, King, of Queens. King of Queens. Yep. I was going to say, the King of Queens is fair. King of the Hill is a good show. No, King of the Hill is good because I was like, that's not, there's no way she Yeah, and that. I was about to be like, would King of the Hill really be a deal breaker? King of Queens might be. Uh, but to <laughs> Joe, everything's a deal breaker. Yes. Uh, so in therapy, Dr. Nikki is reading the notes he made Joe write up of what he loves about Karen. And in this moment... Dr. Nikki reveals a little too much about uh, he himself. He oversteps the therapist line. He says he doesn't love his own wife. Yikes. Um, And he's like, no, that was really stupid. And so he broke the confidentiality rules that are in place. Mm-hmm. Uh, And so he's like, oops, I got to back out of this. I can refer you to a different therapist, but I got to I gotta get out of here. I'm not doing hot. So Joe starts spiraling. Oh, uh, because Joe can only have one therapist and it was Dr. Nikki. That can. Dr. Nikki, we kind of are, make the assumption, you know, him and his wife hit a bump. And so he picks up a call. He has to step up for a call. And while he does... Joe has convinced this doctor that he is OCD and he's specifically obsessed with the music video. So he goes into Dr. Nikki's um, computer and sends himself all of the email correspondence between Dr. Nikki and Beck. And when the doctor comes back, the doctor's like, you were looking up that music video, weren't you, buddy? And Joe's like, yep, and now I must leave so I can go look at all of Beck's therapy files and dump Karen, the only healthy girl I've ever been with. Yep. Um, Joe is listening to these tapes between therapist and Beck and is realizing the therapist, uh, was falling and is currently falling for Beck. And uh uh-oh, Beck might be falling in love right back. Oh no. Uh, so he gets off the train and goes to Karen's stoop and he's, he's really annoyed that Beck would even think about loving someone other than him. So he breaks up with her and she runs away crying and leaves the food that she had behind. Yeah. That's such a bummer. Karen got dumped and left her food. You know, you, yeah. at least get your keep your dinner, you know? Yeah. You might not keep your dignity, but your dinner will always be there for you. So Joe is on to the next one. He is going to kill Dr. Nikki. He's dropping his kids off at school. Uh, Dr. Nikki is. And Joe is, like, following him the whole day. He's like, all right, I gotta, I, I can't do it now because it's, like, daytime. So I need to schedule a time to come back when it's yeah, easier to kill him. Yeah, so once he learns to schedule, he's like, I got it. So I know what, what I'm going to do. It'll be easier to kill him when he goes home. Um, but then a cop's on his stoop. Yep, this guy stands up. He's like, oh, shit, is it about the bodies? But it's not about the bodies. No. It's Karen's brother. Oh, no. Who's like, you disrespected my sister. I also yes. imagine him really Italian. Yeah. Yeah, I imagine that too. And Very New York. So Joe gets the shit beaten out of him, but he will not be deterred. You know, and this is the second time Joe has just got his ass whooped by someone in this book. <laughs> I mean, this guy probably could have beat his Actually, ass. Actually, third time if you count the deer. <laughs> Hey, third time's a charm, everybody. But, you know, he has got to keep going because like us, we must work towards our goals. So he starts tailing Dr. Nikki. He's got a baton he's going to kill him with. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you know, weapon of choice is a baton. Not sus at all. Just walking around the night with a baton. And just as he's getting ready to do this. 
Who calls but Beck. Like, Beck calls him and she's like, I need to see you immediately. And he does. He he goes the, uh, there and she says that Peach died and they found her body. And he's stressed uh, because it was a, a reported suicide, but like that could tie back to him. Um, and she admits to Joe that Peach had tried to fuck her and like she's really blaming herself for Peach's death. So... This is this is a lot of layers. Oh yeah, Beck's going through. Could a you lot. imagine not talking to someone for three months that you had sex with once and then just trauma dumping all of this on them? That would I don't think I ever would. I would be like too stressed. You would think that you would have a better community. Like I don't know why she doesn't go to Chana or Lynn, right? But she doesn't. Um, even go to Blythe. Go to your enemy. <laughs> Chana and Lynn can't know that a girl came on to her. <laughs> It's like she goes to Joe about this and then also being like, I've been lying to everyone about my dad being Yeah, dead. it's weird. It's like you'd think she would, like, choose, like, anyone else. Like, maybe her therapist. But Joe in Beck saying that Peach came on to her and Joe was like, who wouldn't? You're gorgeous. Beck is like, that was hot. That was a good answer. So they have sex. They have sex. And things are fine now. Um, yeah, they're so, better than fine. They're spending eight consecutive days together. Just, just, uh, just sexing and hanging out. Um, and it's all just like really intense uh, of, of all of this. Uh, and they're reading books together. And they're like, oh my God, this is an everything ship together. Yeah. And they're just having a bunch of sex. And she says that she loves him. Like this goes, this is a lot. She's love bombing him like 100%. Yeah, so things after this kind of cool down. She's not as eager for sex as much. Um, they don't text as frequently. He starts freaking out. He sees her emailing, but doesn't see it on the phone of hers that he has. So she must not be emailing, but no. she is emailing. No. And she's in this shower, and w- when they fuck in the shower afterwards, he's like, we should do that again. And he just gets back the dreaded K. I, honestly, I haven't gotten a just, like, a single letter K in so long, and I'm so glad that I've never been in that situation recently. Because that's that shit's traumatizing. It's awful. Um, so Beck's being evasive, and she and she's, like, lying to him about class being, like, class being canceled. This is what he's finding out. Uh, so he goes and flirts with a girl in the store with a fraudulent credit card. Yep. Uh, this girl's name is Amy Adams, and she will come up later on, but mm-hmm. not right now. Because right now she, he needs to get home to Beck because Beck is at his house. And she made him a pie. She which, like, baked a pie. how did she do that so fast? Pies take a long time to make. Like, if she made, like, instant cake from, like, a Pillsbury box, that's easy. But a whole ass pie? Okay, Beck. So he's starting to imagine his life with her. He's like... <laughs> I really changed him. He's like, do you want to stay the next night? And she's like, sure. And then he's like, do you want to move in? And she's like, maybe after I finish grad school. So he's looking at her emails again and he ends up buying her this Victoria's Secret thing that she wants and the Pitch Perfect DVD because that's her personality. (laughs) And after work, he goes home and he's like on cloud nine. He's thinking everything's great, but he finds Beck looking through this hole in the wall of all of her shit. His shrine hole. She found so she starts yelling at him understandably about how insane and psychotic he is which makes sense uh and he just snaps and hits her head against the wall and then he takes her to the cage (laughs) oh yeah let's settle this in the ring (laughs) it's cage time baby beck is is gonna get the chair you've heard of monday night rock (laughs) and she's about to face it (laughs) 
It's hell in the cell. In this hour. corner, it's Beck locked inside the bookcase. <laughs> so while she's down there, he goes to her place and finds a hidden MacBook with a ton of emails that are exchanges between her and Doctor Nikki on a, a different email address. Yes, on a computer that Doctor Nikki actually bought for her, which like flex. Okay, Daddy. Yeah, Joe never bought her a computer. And these emails are like saying, "I don't know what he's gonna do without me. Like I'm the only good thing in his life. He's such a loser." Yeah. <laughs> yikes. And. And uh, now Joe's like thinking, okay, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? I'm going to concoct some emails uh, from her to other people about how she's taking a break from everything so she can stay in the cage as long as he wants. Yeah, and it's not good news for cage because it's quizzing hour. Oh, <laughs> I forgot about the quizzes. <laughs> so she he quizzes her on the stuff that she emailed Dr. Nikki, Nikki of basically her shit talking Joe about how he's the only thing in his life. And she's like, no, no, I didn't say those things. And then he's like, come clean. And she's like, okay, fine. Um, I, I will, I will do better. And the doing better is him giving her the Italian version of Da Vinci Code by Dan Brown for her to read. Because he's like, maybe we can trauma bond by both reading the Da Vinci yeah, Code. Yeah, you, you know, you know when you just trauma bond together by reading the Da Vinci Code. It is trauma bonding. But uh, Beck's being being smart in this situation because she's going with it. So she's being super easygoing. She's reading the book. She's loving life. He's loving her because she's having the best time in this cage. Uh, and she asks how he got Benji in here. Like, so she's asking interested in how he offed her, her ex. Yeah. Um, and he just tells her and she's playing this role very, very well. Um, and she's not given stressed at all, which is really great for her. Yep. And Joe is like, you know what? You're doing such a great job. I will go get you ice cream. And when he comes back, Beck is just kind of naked. Yeah. Um, Beck's just naked. And she's like, get in here and fuck me. Yeah. And uh, she she sucks him off, as as the kids say. Uh, and then they <laughs> and then they hook and then they fuck. Um, and uh, she tries. To, she could take this opportunity to, like, probably escape, but she doesn't. No, no. She's got to play the long game. They kind of nap a little bit together. And Joe goes upstairs the next day around 4 a.m. to get ready for work. He's, like, washing himself in the bathroom. And then he kind of senses that something is wrong. And he hears Beck yelling at the front door uh, because she can't unlock it. She's yelling for help. Uh, And Joe, mad. He gets her, drags her, and takes her behind the counter and muffles her up. And, yeah, it's a lot. It's, it's crazy. She's like, oh, this is when I disappear, don't I? And he's like, don't say that. And then she tries a new tactic. So before it was like flirting, like, how'd you get your big sexy arms to take Benji down here and kill? And now it's like, no, you don't get it. I'm a bad writer. I'm like so bad. Like you could never love me. And he's like, don't say that. And he starts choking her because he's like, I do love you. Yeah, he chokes her so hard because he loves her so much. And he ends up killing her, but he's like, damn, but I really loved you. Um, but that love fades fast because he starts going through her Da Vinci Code, realizing that she didn't actually read it, but knew the passages. So maybe she read it previously. Yeah. And she's still not breathing, but she comes to because she actually tricked him. Fake out. And grabs his ankle because she was holding her breath and she tries to run away, but he swipes her legs and gets on top of her. And he like... He really chokes her this time. Yeah, not because he loves her, because he's mad. No, it is, like, aggressive. It was 
honestly pretty traumatizing to read yeah. because he like breaks her collarbone uh. um and like collapses her lungs it's I, it was it's really a graphic. lot yeah and it's like now you're gone from this world it's a lot it's just like oof. yeah and so now he has to get rid of the body so he does what any of us would do he drives upstate to bury her and make it look like the therapist did it Hilariously, he buries her in the woods next to this wedding where he's like, well, we could have gotten married. But can't now because I murdered you. And, you know, it. the story makes it to the New York Post that he somehow successfully framed Dr. Nikki for murdering Beth. Oh, that's so sad. He also gets an uh, invite to Ethan and Blythe's wedding. So, like, there's some <laughs> silver lining. There was one silver lining. And as the story closes, we end on the girl with the fraudulent credit card, Amy Adams. Walking into the bookstore, um, flirting with Joe, and he's like, wow, I'm ready to fall in love again. Wow. And I'm surprised we summarized this book as quickly as we did, because again, it's almost a 500-page book. It was really long, and the next book is like 420, but I have started it, and boy, it's it's so fucking funny. Oh, I can't wait. It's going to be wild. Um, Let's do our canceled character of the week. Okay. Well, it feels like Joe is gonna be obvious yeah so maybe you shouldn't choose joe because we know joe's gonna be canceled so i'm going to put my this is the secondary canceled character the secondary canceled character i was going to say uh i really hate that he gets framed in the end but i do think dr nikki i was thinking peach because she's like such a manipulative friend oh that is true i mean it is like pretty gross to obviously not only try to control your friend's life but also the naked photos yeah what the fuck yeah i thought dr nikki just because he doesn't love clearly he doesn't love like he's clearly older than yeah i think yeah dr nikki clearly is like doing like a power manipulative thing and it's like that is your client yeah like building an emotional relationship with them because that's your their therapist yeah i'll concede to dr nikki that's a good choice i would also concede to peach let's do a tie then we've both conceded to the other person's answer so now it's a tie and we're gonna celebrate this tie with our favorite segment our top five Woo! and this week's top five is the top five festivals beck could have gone to with her father instead of the charles dickens one because Maggie and i we love to think of real and fake festivals that people could have gone to instead Mm -hmm. um so maggie do you want to start with number five yeah i was really um passionate about this one i kind of wish that it existed but i would like to see them go to a chia pet festival and what that entails we don't know use your imagination there could be a big one in the town square. You could get a little Obama-shaped one. There, yeah, there could be just, like, a little kiosks of different chia pets. That'd be fun. Someone make it There could happen. be, like, chia seed pudding. There's, like, like the snacks. Oh, yeah. Um, number four, Comic-Con. I think it'd be really fun to watch Beck trying to have, like, a heart-to-heart with her father with them wearing, like, spandex suits and from, like, a video game or a comic book. What character do you think she would be? Oh, I that's think, a great question. I think she'd be Black Widow. Yeah, I could see that. I'm trying to think of something, like, more lame or something. Mm. I don't know. I'll think about it. I kind of think Black Widow's lame. Yeah. Personally. Number three, I actually found this from a listicle. This exists. The Air Guitar World Championship. What if her dad was an air guitar enthusiast? How cool would that be? It's in Australia. How are you going to find them then, Joe? (laughs) He's going to (laughs) swim. Uh, number two, it's coming up soon. Oh, Maggie told me. It's Eurovision! I... Don't know anything about it, but I saw the movie with Will Ferrell. I need to watch that stuff. It is so good. Uh, love Eurovision. Love Eurovision. Love the concept of and it. And coming in at number one, one we're both very passionate about, 
hot dog eating contest. Yep. Um, I would like the Coney Island Nathan's hot dog eating contest. Yes. Because uh, that one Joe could drive to. It makes perfect sense. It could. Yeah. And watching them just scarf down hot dogs, trying to have heart to hearts. It'd be great. I mean, it'd be great. Awesome. We did it. We did the whole book. We did the whole episode. Season eight or nine, done. Well, First episode, done. I think we did a great job. Yeah. And while you're here, um, make sure to check out our buddy Arthur's podcast, too, um, Two Cent Critic. If you're in the mood for discussions and reviews about books, movies, TV shows, head on over to Two Cent Critic, the po- podcast where host Arthur Howell and a whole range of special guests take the time to break down plenty of media. We got contemporary romance novels, some Netflix movies, some MCU content. So tune in on all podcast platforms and check it out on Twitter and Instagram at two underscore sense critic. There's new yes. episodes every Wednesday, just yes. like us. Arthur's our, our buddy we met through the podcasting world and we love him. So definitely check out his podcast. And thank you for listening. Make sure you follow us on social media at Maggie underscore and underscore Laura on Instagram. That is the best way to keep up with us because everything we do is posted there. Um, you can also keep up with us on TikTok and Twitter at YahWeReddit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you can also email us at MeggieMorePresent at gmail.com. Send us an email. We love emails. Yes, we do. And that is going to be our first episode on you. Bye. Bye. Bye.